Welcome to Dental Assistant Nation, powered by Ignite DA. This podcast is designed to empower, enlighten, and educate dental assistants, helping them have a more fulfilling career and enjoy their day more. Join us as we tackle some of the hottest topics in dental assisting. Now, here's your host, Ignite DA co-founder, Kevin Henry. So welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I'm the co-founder of IgniteDA.net. Make sure you check that out for all sorts of free resources for dental assistants to empower, enlighten, and educate them, as well as I'm now the editor-in-chief of DrBicuspid.com. So make sure you have your free subscription to DrBicuspid.com for the latest news, podcasts, webinars, videos, including Great information from the man who's joining me today and so looking forward to another chat. Uh, it's our good friend, the dental pharmacology expert. That's Tom Viola. Tom, how are you today? Kevin, I'm fine, my friend. How are you doing today? Hey, man, I am good. I'm so excited that we get to chat because I know uh, you and I talked about benzocaine last time. And we talked about some of the dangers with that, and I know our audience has been eating that up. So I want to encourage everybody to go back uh, and check out uh, the the. A discussion that Tom and I had about benzocaine. But today, let's talk about something that every dental practice needs to be talking about and really emphasizing, and that's that oral systemic connection. I know, Tom, that you're very passionate about this, and I'm just going to let you kind of lead off with what you know you want our, our listeners to know, and then let's dive into some nitty-gritty with it. Sounds great, my friend. First of all, uh, congratulations on your new position. I think you're going to be great in your new role. Thanks, Looking forward to working with you more. It's going to be great. Absolutely. Well, I will tell you that, that this isn't a subject that is near and dear to my heart because of the fact that I'm teaching at all these schools now, 16 schools, uh, lots of dental students, lots of uh, dental hygiene students. So we're always trying to be on the cutting edge. We're always trying to be um, out there in front of uh, potential issues. And so this oral systemic connection has all of the, the, all of the promise, all of the little uh, dot, dot I's, cross T's. Yeah. You know, it looks like it's it's something that we're, we can get out in front of and say, this is the future of dentistry. This is the connection we've been looking for. This is the pathway that will lead us down the inevitable convergence of dentistry and medicine. It's just, it's ideal for it. And yet it remains elusive because we can't seem to get real definitive data. Retrospectively, we can go back and look at analysis of metadata and say, oh, look at that. Looking back in time, we should have known that that patient had periodontal disease and therefore later on developed hypertension. So if we can do that retrospectively, why can't we do it prospectively going forward saying, okay, we know this person has periodontal disease, may not see a doctor very regularly, but based on everything we see here, the, the changes to the tissues and, and the xerostomia and, and the changes to the, uh, the blood vessels in the area, that, that this, is a, this would be a person, along with what we've taken in the medical history as far as risk factors, this would be a person that would really do well with a referral to the general practitioner to, to scan for, if not diabetes itself, then maybe pre-diabetes. You know, and, and Tom, is this something that, you know, and I know we, we've talked about the oral systemic link now for some time, it seems like, and I get the feeling, and I want oh, yeah. your opinion on this, I get the feeling that we're still not doing the best job in the world in the dental realm of knowing that GP connection and how to refer people and how to talk to them about it, or is that just my perception? No, it's 100% right. You know, even in the clinic, I could see the students are sometimes intimidated by 
the fact that we have to like branch out and reach out uh, to the medical side and say, hey, this is a, a patient we need to look at because we've never had that relationship before. We've never had that bridge. But this, if, if this is handled correctly, if we look at it from the perspective of instead of us always re reacting, if we move forward and say, okay, this is a patient, they have all the risk factors, they have all of the identifying markers on our end, let's reach out to a, a physician. Maybe what we need to do is be a little more involved and in, in, in maybe a little bit more aggressive in actually identifying the disease or at least more uh, tangible factors. So for example, Connecticut just changed its rules and now allows uh, dentists to do finger sticks for uh, you know, A1Cs. And I know the New State Board of Dentistry in New Jersey had also said that that's within the scope of practice. So change is tough. Nobody, nobody likes change. Yeah. I get that. But uh, at, at the same time, I, I feel that this, this is an opportunity for us to say, okay, well, if we did those things, if we reached out and said, look, not only do I have all the markers that I look for, not only do I have all the risk factors in medical history, here's his most recent A1C. You know, we just did it in the office. That's going to give us, I think, a leg up and, and a little more confidence uh, to, to approach the medical side, our friends, and say, hey, you know, what should we do with this patient? We're going to refer him off to you and see and, what you And it's find. funny. And, and, well, funny is the wrong word. It's, it's ironic to me, I think, that I see so many people out there talking about medical billing and how dental practices could be working with that. I see uh, friends like Tariq Duncan out there talking about all the changes that are coming in insurance for 2020 and how some of that, as you mentioned, the, the A1C and some things we're real, really going to start looking at, I think, more of a crossover into the medical side of things. But yet it just hasn't been embraced yet. And, and I think it's just a matter of that we're we're worried about how to bring it up. We don't know the right words. We don't know the right connections. And so this is taking us as, a, as an industry, I think, a little bit of outside of our comfort zone. And I think we've got to realize that and, and, and embrace change. I couldn't agree more. It's, change is hard. And I, and I know it's not only change on our end, it's change on the, on the end of our medical uh, partners who yeah. aren't used to getting referrals from dentists on a regular basis or from dentists or assistants recommending it. Uh, because let's face it, they feel that, that they're ultimately in charge of that patient's um, health and welfare. And so the, the dental part of it is just one small slice of it. But at the same time, I think Times are changing, and I think practitioners are looking at it. Medical practitioners are looking at it like, "Hey, I'll take all the help I can get," because That's patients are ne have never been more medically complex than they are now. So, if I get a dentist or an assistant or a hygienist who says, "Hey, you take a look at this guy," then I, I think that's something that they would welcome. And the reason I can say that is because just last month a study was published that said. Again, looking back over a broad time from 1995 to 2017, numerous studies have indicated that the number one condition that is linked to periodontal disease yeah. is diabetes. Diabetes is the number, you know, it's the seventh most frequent cause of death in the United States. It's probably underreported because many people who pass away don't have diabetes listed on their death certificate when they die but they died of the complications of diabetes. So, you know, it's, it's a big deal for us because we can make a substantial impact on, on patients' health and, and welfare if we just focus on diabetes. And if as you think about all the patients who step through practice doors and, they, and all the folks who are at risk for diabetes or already have it, and what the dental assistant needs to say, what the dentist needs to say, this whole 
uniformity of message. And it's not that you're singling people out, but you're just raising the awareness for those who, let's say, you you can know or guess are on the cusp of that. And it's important to have those communication skills, I think. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. I think it's just a matter of like riding a bike. Once we get used to it, we're going to want to do it all the time. I just, we just, I just think we need to take those first few baby steps. And again, no better disease than diabetes because of its impact. And not only that, the cost, uh, the diabetes alone is if I, you had to carve diabetes out of all, the rest of the healthcare expenditures, yeah. diabetes gets in at number three as far as total expenditures for healthcare based on all of the medications and the devices and the strips and so imagine if we can make an impact. Imagine if we can turn some of those pre-diabetics into not diabetics. If we can just hold off the inevitable progression of the disease with with you know good good healthcare, good practices, and and working together as a team, we make a big difference overall. And and that is what I think dentistry's dentist destiny is. I think that is where we're headed. We're yeah. We're getting much more clinically advanced. We're getting much more involved in the process. And now I think that means ultimately we're going to be there. So, Tom, let's just break it down. I mean, let's go 101 here real quick. I'm a patient. I walk into your practice. You think that I may be on the cusp of developing diabetes or already there. What now? What, what What do we do in your perspective from you being the dental practitioner? So first thing I do is make sure I'm taking a good look at the qualitative and quantitative information. Take a look at the medical history. I see that the uh, signs are there for risk factors. I then do the analysis of quantitative. So if I have the ability to do a finger stick for A1C, I do that then. I ask about the most recent blood sugar if it is a pre-diabetic who's at least monitoring his blood sugar or her blood sugar. But if they haven't, I, I, you know, if I've got a, a finger stick in my office, I have them do a quick blood glucose and I've got that data. And now I ask them, it's, I'm going to contact your physician and refer you because I believe you have enough data in here to indicate that you're either pre-diabetic or you may actually have diabetes. And so the best thing about diabetes is it, it's, it's better treated when it's caught early on. So this is an advantage for you. I'm glad you were here today. This could be the, a big difference in the rest of your life if we catch sure. this now. Again, what I'm going to expect from the patient is shock and denial and, you know, if they're not aware of it already. And so those are some of the more intangibles we'll have to deal with. But I think I've always thought that patients are more likely to open up to dentists and hygienists and assistants because there isn't that risk of intimidation that they sometimes get with medical doctors. I think they, they open up to us a little more, but it's just as easy with this dual edged sword. If we don't push and say, so what's going on lately? Uh, What do you take? Why do you take it? If we ask simple yes, no questions like everything. Okay. And any, any change to medications, most people would rather no, completely agree. get out and, of your chair and as I fast have as been possible. In we need where to they, are, that they rush through the health history instead of taking the time. And, and I know you have a set amount of time during a hygiene appointment. I know there's a set amount of time to make sure the doctor runs on time and the assistant can turn the room over and everything else. But these are important questions that if, if dentistry is really going to get into the next generation and cross this bridge to medical dental collaboration, these are the questions that you've got to be asking. 
Look, bottom line is we went through a lot of education to get where we are today. I know that dentists and hygienists and assistants that yep. listen to this, like as you just said, are saying to themselves, my gosh, I can't fit everything I need to fit into one appointment. You're asking me to call another five to 10 minutes out for a detailed conversation. That's going to set off my whole day. I understand that completely. No one, I guess, knows that more than you and I, Kevin. But uh, bottom line is we have to change. We have to evolve. And it's going to take that tough first couple of steps to get there because if we don't, we're always going to live on this parallel path with medicine and, and so, never really be you know, part of the family. And, here, and that's only hurting this patients podcast in the With a couple of months left in 2019, we're getting ready to tackle a new year, a new decade. There's going to be new things happening in your practice. And this is a great example of something that you can offer in the new year to set yourself apart from the other dental practices in town. And also, dare I say, to help you have a better night's sleep, knowing that you've done everything you can to help every patient who walks through your door. Couldn't have said it better, my friend. The bottom line is if we don't treat diabetes early on, we are going to have to deal with the consequences of that yeah. later on. Even though it's not us, it's our patient. You, you know, we both took an oath way back when, you know, do no harm. It's in, it's in our well, DNA. Let's take we're, it together. And Tom, I know to that you're a great resource for so many dental professionals the out there. Would it. you just tell folks where they can find you and, and get a little bit more information on some of the things that you offer? Absolutely. You can find a lot of information about me at uh, my website, uh, it's TomViola.com, T-O-M-V-I-O-L-A.com. And I'm also on Facebook at uh, Pharmacology Declassified. So please reach out if you have questions uh, or if there's anything I can ever answer for you. I'm happy to do it and provide resources for you. Bottom line is if I am some you know, I, I think we, you know, we believe so strongly in Ignite DA and Ignite I'm DDS and together we rise. Well, well, Tom has been such a great advocate for not only uh, you know, dental practices, but the people in there, the dental assistants and everybody in the practice. And so, Tom, thank you so much for everything you're doing. I really do appreciate it. Hey, Kevin, thank you, my friend. Again, Absolutely. Good luck to you and so and, just so you know, Endeavor, Dental System Nation well, subscribers as well as subscribers uh, to you. are going to be seeing a lot from Tom and myself in the coming days and weeks. Uh, podcasts, articles, uh, you know, good information for you to take back, share with the other people in your practice who may not be listening to this, may not be aware, be the leader, help people understand the important role that they play every day in their patients' lives. And with that, I'm going to bid you a great rest of the day or evening whenever you're listening to this. Make sure you're subscribed to the Dental Assistant Nation podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, as well as that you're finding out the latest information on drbicuspid.com. For now, Kevin Henry, co-founder of Ignite DA and editor-in-chief of Dr. Bicuspid, thank you for listening. Hey, together we rise. Make a difference in your patients' lives today and every day. Thank you for listening.